Hello. Hello. Hi. Tell me how to say your name. It's Halcyon. 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 Hi, I'm Katie. It's good nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Good. Okay, so it worked. Even with your Canadian phone, it worked to click <laughs> the link. That's good. Yeah, yeah. This is my first time what doing part this. Of- Oh, well, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I mean, I've only been doing this little podcast for about six months now. And so it's, you know, it's still new to me, too. I feel like such a dork on here. All of us have habits that we'd like to break, like perhaps biting our nails. But those who have body-focused repetitive behaviors, or BFRBs, suffer from something that is much more complex. BFRBs can include hair pulling, skin picking, cheek biting, scab eating, and more. These disorders are much more than tics or bad habits. On this episode, 25-year-old Halcyon will share her journey with a body-focused repetitive behavior. Hello, my name is Halcyon. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and I'm turning 25 years old in December. I have a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Toronto, and I'll be graduating from my master's program there next month. So uh, I completed a Master of Education, and I specialized in educational leadership and policy there. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I'm a teacher, so I I find that so interesting. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Um, I always get asked if I'm going to be a teacher, and I usually say no just because I'm more looking into the admin part of things, like behind the scenes. I uh, pursued this route because I'm very passionate about equity and social justice in educational settings, um, as well as mental health and wellness advocacy for staff and students. Well, we absolutely need more mental health care for our students and more access to resources and more school psychologists. I mean, it's, there's a desperate need for that. So I'm really glad there are people going into the field who are going to fight for that. Yeah, I could, I couldn't agree more. And um, aside from school for work, I currently tutor ESL in English. And I also work with an organization that facilitates workshops regarding consent discourse, sexual violence, boundaries, and media literacy in middle schools and high schools in Toronto. Um, that is so and, interesting. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. It's rewarding work. Like we go, we go into these classrooms, and the high schoolers are kind of, you know, they're embarrassed. They don't want to talk about it. But by the end of it, they're asking questions. They're engaged, and they they come up to us and they said that they usually say that they needed to hear that, and they needed to hear it from someone a little bit not not older, but around their age, kind of like the same generation. So it's, it's really, um, it's really rewarding to see that. That is fantastic. I'm just, I'm just so glad that you're using your voice to make a difference for uh, the next generation. That's awesome. Thank you. And then outside of all of that, (laughs) when I'm not so busy, I create art and prose. And I also love nature and wildlife. And I've, gotten into yoga during the last couple of months so yeah that's me I started doing some yoga with my students I teach music at an elementary school and so I started doing some yoga during our warm-ups and I really like it I really like 
the centering and the grounding that it does I think we all need to do it more often yeah I heard about it like obviously everyone knows or has heard of yoga but I didn't get into it until the pandemic started and it's really done wonders for me this is the first time that I have talked to somebody in detail about a body-focused repetitive behavior, which I think that is shortened to be called a BFRB. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, correct. So yeah, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about when you were first diagnosed with this mm-hmm. and if you were familiar at all with BFRBs before it became a part of your story. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know what a BFRB is, uh, as you said, it stands for body focus repetitive behavior. This includes but isn't exclusive to things like hair pulling, skin picking, and nail biting. I personally was first diagnosed very recently in December of 2019, so almost a year ago. Um, But for me, I knew a lot about BFRBs before I was diagnosed simply because I've had the condition for much longer than that. And it usually takes a couple of years or months before a person goes to seek medical attention for it. Um, But I always knew growing up that this wasn't something that everyone else around me experienced, or at least not to the degree that I was experiencing it. You know, like, for example, um, when you're a teenager and you have acne, that's normal. But when you're a teenager who gets acne but also has a BFRB, that's an entirely different issue because now you're not letting the acne run its course. Um, There's also now an additional problem with the compulsion to pick at it. So yeah, I knew growing up that I was different, but I wasn't sure what it was because there's such a stigma behind it. And it wasn't until university that I learned about the terminology and actually started to educate myself about the condition. And then I was diagnosed last year, and then I started taking action and seeking medical attention for it. Wow. So it was your studying in your master's program? Um, Or was it your undergrad? My undergrad. Wow. So that kind of alerted you to the fact that, oh, wait, maybe there's a name for this issue that I've been struggling with. Yeah, yeah. Because when you when you deal with this kind of uh, when you deal with a BFRB, you think you're the only one who does it. You can't imagine that other people are on the same page. And once you start researching and Google searching, you find out that there's a lot of people out there with the same condition. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that because with OCD, a lot of times the thoughts, the obsessive thoughts are really strange. And it's extremely hard to imagine that anybody else would have as weird of thoughts as that. And you feel kind of, at least for me, I feel kind Mm -hmm. of ashamed or kind of embarrassed. And so I think, oh, I can't ever tell this to anybody because people will think I'm totally crazy. Nobody else thinks this, but there are a lot of people out there that do. And we just don't realize it because it's so not talked about. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's why these conversations have to happen. So which BFRB do you specifically struggle with? I struggle with dermatillomania, 
or there's a number of names for it. So dermatillomania or excoriation, which is also simply known as skin picking. I know other individuals with this BFRB who focus on their arms, legs, or other parts of their bodies. Um, there's many types of BFRB, so I don't want my situation to be the universal representation for all of them. But this has been my personal experience with it. My, my focus areas in particular tend to be my face, my cuticles, and my lips. This is fascinating to me. Um, and it's, it's also heartbreaking because yeah. I can imagine that it's painful. Um, yes, it is. It can be. It, and it's really important to know the difference between this and other grooming habits. Uh, with BFRBs, they tend to be in a compulsive, obsessive, and repetitive manner to the point where it leads to physical consequences such as wounds or scabs or scarring. And there's also mental detriments as well, such as anxiety and isolation. Right. And you mentioned earlier about a compulsion, that you feel a compulsion to yes. perform these actions. Um, but I'm wondering, mm -hmm. I've heard that, that it's not in the OCD family, or is it? Is B, are BFRBs in the OCD family? Some people with OCD do have skin picking disorder but some people don't. So that's why they don't like to identify it as that. But it is uh, categorized as a mental illness. Yes, it, it is categorized as a mental illness. Okay. So that actually kind of um, is relates to my next question, which is mm -hmm. what kind of treatment is the most effective for BFRBs? What, what kinds of things can you do? And are there medications that can help you control the impulses? Um, there's a number of things that you can do. Some of them work, some of them don't. I think the most effective treatment has been CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And I think people with OCD also yes. use CBT as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what does that look like? Okay, so for example, some people with the BFRB consciously engage in these patterns. Uh, others do it absentmindedly. So for me, I do it consciously. And CBD helps because it aims to change patterns of thinking behind the picking. And one good CBT source that I've used is the OCD Center of LA's newsletter. Um, they release one every Sunday and they use CBT approaches to change your perspective surrounding themes such as regret or shame and hope around BFRBs. Uh, there's also physical barriers that I've put into place such as I, I removed the mirror in my washroom a couple of months ago and that physical visual trigger isn't there anymore and I think it's helped me a lot. And dimming the lights the lights might also help for those who live with others and they can't really remove the mirrors um i've also scattered my place with moisturizers lip balms and this would kind of help me replace bfrb behavior like bfrbs with a more healthy habit such as moisturizing and putting lip balm on my lips rather than picking at them um, 
fidget, like a fidget spinner, a fidget cube, even like a ring on your finger. You know, you can play with that. This could potentially, this could potentially give you sensory gratification and also keep your hands busy. And using hydrocolloid band-aids or patches has also been helpful because not only does it heal acne and wounds, it also acts as a barrier for your hands and the urge to touch something all the time. So it's like there and you can't really get to it if there's a patch on top. So are these tricks that you have found on your own through personal research or do you see a therapist or support? I mean, I guess we're going to talk about support groups a little bit later, but um, how have you found these different ideas? I, I found them online through support groups, through my own personal research. There's Luckily, we have the internet and there's a lot of resources out there nowadays. So it's all about trial and error. Some things might work for me, but not for others and vice versa, I've, I've found. Are there medications that help? Um, this is a disclaimer that I'm not a medical professional. This is just what's worked for me. There aren't any definitive medications to help with BFRBs. However, there's been some studies regarding NAC, which is an amino acid supplement. Uh, The good thing about it is that you don't really need a prescription for it. You can get it at a nutrition and health food store. I get mine off of Amazon. And it's all very sciencey stuff. It basically affects levels of glutamate in the brain, and it makes it easier for people to decrease unwanted behavior, such as picking and pulling. NAC works for, again, it works for some people, not for others. I take a a 1,000 mg pill a day. Some people take four, 600 mg pills a day. Um, It it really depends, but I found that that's worked for me. I I think it's worked for me. I don't want to give full credit to NAC because it's, again, it's hard to tell with all the other methods that I have been employing, if it's just been the knack or those other methods, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I think that for those of us that, that struggle with a mental illness that is, and you know, that there's still so much research being done, I think we're willing to try mm-hmm. lots of different options and to get the best quality of life possible. So you're right. We you may not be able to know exactly, but if you're seeing a positive difference, it's worth giving it a try as long as it's healthy. Yeah, and, and it's really important to try a number of these things to if you want to subdue BFRBs because the more methods and barriers you try out, the more likely that you might be successful with them. Right. I love what you had to say about the supplement that you're taking and, and trying, um, but I would also like to hear about the support group that you participate in and, any, and how that has helped you and why it's important for people who are dealing with BFRBs. Yeah, I'm actually in two support groups. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about both because they're wonderful. And I've met some of the loveliest, kindest, and most compassionate people in these groups. Um, the, the first one is a BFRB therapy group at the Thompson Center at Sunnybrook Hospital. This one's in Toronto where I live. So it's much more local than the other one. It was an eight-week program facilitated by one of the psychiatrists there. 
we met up once a week for a couple of hours online, of course, because of the pandemic. And we discussed the importance of tracking your behavior. That's, that's the first step of recovery, because once you track it, you're able to notice what triggers you. Then we talked about methods we could use to curb these triggers and urges. So for example, when I was tracking, I noticed that I was most triggered in front of the mirror. So away goes my mirror and I hide it. And that's worked for me. Um, again, there were also some CBT aspects to the treatment, which encourage participants to question their cognitive distortions when it comes to BFRBs. Um, the second group is the Picking Me Foundation based in Chicago. We get together online once a month and we talk about our goals, the fidgets we're using and ask any questions we might have. The, the great thing about these groups is that members keep in touch even outside of our meetings. And this is like through group chats or online forums. And this is so important for people struggling because it gives you a strong support system. And this disorder can make sufferers feel isolated, especially because there's stigma surrounding discussions about it. And people already feel isolated as it is with this pandemic, but those with a BFRB face extra challenges. Um, Many, many sufferers are struggling right now because they're more likely to pick at home. And I, I will always recommend that anyone with a BFRB finds a community in which they can talk to others who understand what they're going through. That's really interesting that you bring up the point about the pandemic, because when yeah. people are idle or not necessarily mm-hmm. idle, but let's say they're working from home at their computers it is much easier to engage in those behaviors because yes. you're not around people, you know, you can hide yes. your camera or whatever. That's, that's a super interesting point. And with many mental illnesses, um, people often feel like they have to hide it from others. And I wonder if you've dealt with guilt or embarrassment or shame about your BFRB. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, very much often. Um, A little less now than before. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here speaking so openly about it. Right. Um, Yeah, there's there's definitely guilt when you have to cancel last minute plans or dates because of a really bad picking episode. Um, It can hinder things such as dating, going swimming or working out at the gym because you're like, people with BFRBs that focus on their face, they wear makeup and they can't necessarily do those activities makeup free. Um, A lot of people with BFRBs often have anxiety and anxiety may cause it, but it can also be a side effect because sufferers sometimes worry about their scars and their wounds being scrutinized and judged. Yeah, there's just there's embarrassment and shame about the action itself, especially after a relapse from not picking for so long and then you relapse. That's always the worst. So how long um, do you are you able to go sometimes without having a picking episode? Um, I would say. Maybe like five days to a week 
is pretty good. Um, a year or two ago, I couldn't last more than a couple of hours. So I've, I've found peace with it in a number of ways. I, I know with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people have been struggling more, as I said earlier, because they're at home more often. They don't have to go out to see people as often. So the motivation to not pick isn't as strong. Um, they're wearing face masks. I know personally for me, when I pick, I, if I'm wearing a face mask, I'm less concerned about people say, seeing my face. Um, I know a lot of people are also on the same boat with that. So what do you wish that people understood about BFRBs? Because I will guarantee that there are many people out there who do not even know what they are. Yeah, well, there's a lot. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think people without a BFRB will ever truly understand what it feels like to struggle with one. I think the biggest issue is stigma. Um, in the past, I found that people are often judgmental or lack compassion when I confide in them about it. I've, I've heard things like, what did you do to your face? Or just stop picking like, oh, thank you. Why didn't I think of that? Right. right. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, I know. Um, but, it, but it's so complex. And people have to be very patient with loved ones who have a BFRB, because they often avoid going out and seeing others, because they don't want them to notice the harm that they've inflicted on themselves. Uh, hiding the damage is also really time and energy consuming. And a lot of sufferers often miss out on social things because they don't want to be seen. Um, this leaves them feeling isolated, misunderstood, alone. Um, it can cause depression. And yeah, like luckily I'm in a spot in my life where my circle's understanding of my BFRB and I'm really grateful for that. But I know others who don't have that. So when we tell loved ones like family, friends, or partners, it's usually not because we're expecting them to solve our problems or have a solution for it. Uh, personally, I would just want someone to listen and show compassion, especially after an episode or a relapse. Sometimes the best, that's the best kind of support that you can get. Yeah. And I, when you said the part about how if you confide in somebody and then they chastise you, uh, then it makes you less likely to want to spend time with them when you have had a relapse because mm -hmm. you don't want to be shamed. You don't want people yeah. to um, tell you things you already know, right? And what you need exactly. is, is their support and to help you in the future. And so I, I can see how that would be really destructive if loved ones do that. They might not realize that they're alienating somebody that they love. Has your family been a good support to you in this? Um, it's, it's gotten better. Um, in the past, it was the, what did you do or just stop? But now it's gotten to the point where they understand. Um, they've even told me that there's a history of BFRBs in the family. So um, it could be genetics as well. So that's a little reassuring to know that it's not entirely something that I'm doing to myself. Um, they've been they've been a lot better with it. They've they've been more understanding as time has gone on. 
but I found peace with it in a number of ways, especially during this pandemic. Sometimes with these things, you you don't see how well you've progressed because you're always beating yourself up for whenever you do engage in the BFRB. Recovery is not linear. And I, I really want to emphasize that. I think it's really unrealistic to expect something from yourself so soon after you've been struggling for so long like to expect yourself to stop engaging in the BFRB cold turkey it's it's not it's not going to happen it won't work it it really takes time you know i've i've been living with this for over a decade so i'm not going to be harsh on myself and expect myself to recover in a week it's it's not fair for me and it also takes a lot of work I, I always remind myself that I have come so far since my dermatillomania was a lot worse a few years ago. And even when I relapse now, I remind myself, hey, I lasted a few days, whereas I couldn't last without picking for a few hours months or years ago. And of course, there's good days and bad days. And when that happens, it's really important to be loving and forgiving towards yourself and to take care of yourself not to deprive yourself of simple things like it could be simple like a warm bath or a snack or even a movie i i think that's what gives me peace and i try to forgive and love myself regardless of my bfrb to learn more about body-focused repetitive behaviors visit bfrb.org